Welcome to the Online Clinic Podcast. This presentation from Adam O'Neill, I shot in the spring of 23. It was a little bit of a miserable trip because I was in a hurry to get back to coach some junior high wrestling. And I zipped out to Manhattan, Kansas, met Adam O'Neill there at Manhattan High School where they had just won that fall uh, Kansas State Championship. And he had also just accepted a, a job at Morton High School where in Illinois, where he coaches at the time of this recording. Uh, but this first video was uh, the intro, which is just his philosophies behind building a pressure menu in his defense. They bring a lot of pressure, but they're extremely strategic about it. I hope you'll enjoy this one. And uh, if you like this, check us out over at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. That's where you can watch this video. Hi everybody, my name is Adam O'Neill. I'm the new head coach at Morton High School, uh, formerly the defensive coordinator at Manhattan High School in Kansas. We're just coming off a 13-0 state championship run. Uh, and we're gonna talk to you today about some of the things we do to build a pressure menu um, and how we look at uh, calling plays on defense and some of the different things we do. Uh, I, I've done a lot of different things um, some of my, my history up here is, is on, the, on the screen. I started as a secondary coach, and I, I think that's always kind of influenced how I see the game. Uh, I started as assistant coach at Woodruff High School. Uh, we made some, uh, some changes and, and built some things, and it was a historically bad program. And then we got good, and then the school closed. And we went to another school in town, the same school district, Peoria High School, and it had been bad for 20 years, but it had traditionally been good for a long time um, and good at everything. So there was, there was some tradition there that, that helped, but there have been 20 years of, of difficult times for, for football program and, and then some of the other programs as well. When we got there, we started to ask ourselves, like, do we have to play football the way everyone else plays football? And we started looking at numbers, we started looking at different statistics, and we, we started on offensive end, and, and my head coach, Tim Thornton, was, was amazing, and, and we did some pretty impressive things offensively. But some of those same ideas, looking at the numbers, when, when I came to Manhattan, like, how can we do this defensively? How can we really look at numbers and, and try to uh, call the game a little different? And, and then also understanding how offenses go very fast. Can we borrow from what those things that offenses are doing and try to be offensive while we play defense, if that makes sense? We didn't want to sit back on our toes all the time and let them dictate everything. And there, there's a certain, you know, you're gonna to have to adjust to formations, but I think you can, um, you can go on the offensive and attack as well. And that's what we wanted to do. And, and then, you know, how do we do that and do it safely where we're not getting burned all the time? So we'll, we'll talk about that pressure menu and how we, how we get there and, and how we go through uh, looking at the week and, and, and calling the game then on Friday. So. Last five years, we've been very good here. Um, and, and some of this on defense, I think, is, is helps that we've been good on offense, too. And both the last two plays have been, we've been very good on offense. At Peoria, we, uh, we were up-tempo, snap the ball as fast as you can. And when you do that, I think sometimes defensively, we weren't always aggressive. We felt like sometimes, if we could just make you hold on to the ball, you'll make a mistake, and then we'll score in the next two or three minutes, and sometimes even faster than that. And we would also, we wouldn't punt, 
and we onside kicked almost every time. So our, our, our idea, what our identity about playing defense was, how do we get the ball back to the offense? So we were really looking, digging into opportunities for turn, how do we turn the ball over? And then how do we um, let the score keep on growing where other teams got out of, you know, out of their comfort zone? And then that was opportunities for us to take the ball away. When I got here, we were much slower tempo and we're gonna huddle, we're gonna stay on the ball. The difference was when we got here, what I noticed was when we got up two scores, we, we were gonna be in really good shape and we could be really aggressive on defense. Uh, teams were know that we're gonna sit on the ball for six or seven minutes. And, and when we got there, we started thinking about like now versus when I was in Peoria, we'd say, how fast can we get the ball back? And it wasn't always that way in Peoria. Sometimes we'll sit on the ball, we'll get it from you eventually. But here is how fast can we make you turn it over, whether that's getting to a punter, taking the ball away. And so we'll get to some of how we look at those numbers as we get through here. We've been uh, mostly a 3-4 team. We've, we've played around, and I'll talk about in, in some later clinics, our three safety, uh, and how we've added some things. Uh, but most of this comes from a 3-4 base. We'll get into some 40. I think anybody can take something from this. You don't have to be a 30 guy or a 40 guy. Uh, most of this will be about, uh, about the numbers. So w when we start thinking about calling defense, what, what is it that we believe? We believe you need to be gap sound. We believe we've got to be able to adjust to our opponents, and we don't want to mimic the best teams we have to beat. You know, if the best team is running the same defense as us, uh, we get a little uncomfortable. We're not going to be the biggest team that we play, um, and we don't like to be in a place where, you know, the, the opposing team can line up their scout team and run our defense. So we like to have some things in it that are maybe a little different than other people. Uh, we believe, and I think this is important because I'm going to talk about a bunch of scheme, but I think you can't get away from tackling and effort when you're talking about defense. There's nothing more important than tackling. Uh, it doesn't matter the scheme, and I think as you get into it, the weight room and the things that you put into it, uh, your tackling and your effort is greater than anything. There's no unicorn schemes. Like you have to get after it when you're playing defense. Uh, the other thing I think everybody knows is get the ball turned over and you're in good shape to win. You win the turnover battle, you know, your 90, 92% chance to win. But the other thing we started looking at was first down efficiency. And what does first down do to the offense? If we win first down, how do they react? If we keep them under 30 yards, what does that turn that series into? And so we started looking at how do we create negative plays? How do we get after the, the run? How do we get after the passer? Whatever it is that week and create negative plays. So, uh, you know, we don't want to be dogmatic about we're all pressure by blitzing. Like, how can we bring pressure, confuse the offense, confuse the linemen, confuse the kids that we're playing against, and slow them down so that we can play fast and create negatives? You know, and we want to be able to make the best teams that we see adjust. They're going to have to do something different because of how we play. If we're going to, we're going to look for opportunities to do that. And then the other thing, when I'm talking about effort, we define it. When we see it on Saturday, when we're watching film, we want to see nine guys in the camera shot at all times. And that's something we preach and we take care of it at practice. The kids call each other out and the coaches call each other out. We don't do a ton of conditioning unless your effort at practice doesn't meet the standard. And, and then we'll call those out and those are when we're, we're paying for some of those uh, effort issues. You know, and then we, again, talking about tackling, 
Right? We're going to define, I'm not going to dictate everything that individual position coaches do every day. I think it's part of the fun of being an assistant coach. But I am going to say you have to tackle or you have to have a turnover at the end of every drill all the time. I want to see when I'm looking over from, from my station, I want to see your drills finish with a tackle or a turnover. Right? Um, and then two years ago, uh, both games that we lost, we lost the turnover battle. So, and this year we were pretty good. We're on the upside. Uh, and then also this year, uh, what we found, we were going, seeing teams go for it more on fourth down. And, and those were big keys too. So when I think about defense, I think about what's, a, what's our job in the simplest form. And our job is to stop scores and get the football back to the offense. And so when we're looking at numbers, we're watching film, when we're running reports, and we want to get the get into a position to get stopped. So we're going to look for statistics that give us an advantage. We're gonna, when we're going through film, when we're running our reports, what are those big downs? What are those big opportunities, the places on the field, um, the, the direction the quarterbacks run, all kinds of different statistics, what's going to give us an advantage? And then we're going to try to use that analysis to determine uh, the best play calling and the best techniques. And so, you know, offensive guys a lot of times talk about players first, then formations, then plays. You know, defensively, we talk about players first, then situations, and then what are the best plays to get those players where they need to be in those situations. So we're, we're going to be highly uh, aware of the situation that we're in. And, and when I'm talking about situation, it's not always just, you know, down in distance and those, those common, like, where's the ball at on the field? What quarter are we in? All those things determine how much or how little we're going to pressure some teams. So the last study that we did was on possession and 10. So when the offense starts the drive, okay, what happens at the end of that drive? And if the offense okay, wins possession and 10, okay, what's their likelihood of scoring? And if the defense wins possession and 10, what's our likelihood of keeping them out of the end zone? And we think we found some interesting things looking at our film. Uh, in 2019, if we won possession in 10, the offense only scored 17% of the time. Uh, we felt like that was a pretty good statistic. You know, less than one out of five series, they're going to score if we win the opening play of the drive. In 2020, that number jumped up a little bit, up to, and, and that was a difficult year for because of COVID and other things. Um, but it jumps up if they go to 25%. But we keep them out of the end zone 75% of the time if we win possession in 10. We win that, so we're going to do things to focus in practice. We're going to start practice sometimes. We have drive starters in practice. We go best on best, right? and that's all the beginning series is. And we call it start hot. And when we start hot, is offense is going to get the ball at a certain point on the field. The defense is going to come out and defend them, and we're going to go until that series is over. If they get first downs and they go down and score, we'll play it out. If we can keep them to three and out, the, the drill is over. We move on to our special teams. But we practice that on a daily. We're going to come out and see who's going to start hot and start. And we're trying to emphasize that first play of the series. How will that get you going? You know, so we combine that and we look at it you know, over those two years. If the defense wins possession in 10, the offense only scores about 20% of the time. We're going to keep them out of the end zone if we win that, that first play. You know, and everybody wants to get to third down and talk about third down, but we're going to talk about that first play of the series. You know, and if we keep looking back on it, what we found is 
uh, you know, that number doubles for the offense. It goes to 40% chance that they're going to score if they win possession of 10. So we don't like that number. We're getting close to one out of two series that they score when they win possession in 10. So we talk about like what downs make a difference. What are those, you know, those 10 or 12 times you're going to have a series starter. Like those are huge downs that you're going to play throughout the game. So when we look at that statistic and we're trying to consider our job and our job is to stop scores at its most basic level, Okay, we're going to dig into deeper to play calling and tactics for the first down. So we're going to try to stop scores, and we want to get the ball back to the offense. How do we do that? For the first down situation, what tools do we have? What, what blitzes do we have? What movements do we have? What is it that we can gain an advantage to win P and 10? And then we're going to look at the same thing. We're going to keep going through our fronts and coverages. How can we gain an advantage there? What's going to fit our kids, and what's going to fit these situations? As we move to more pressure-oriented and, and getting after that first down the last two years, uh, this number on P and 10 has gotten even better. And I think it's because we've emphasized some of those things like, you know, start hot in practice. And then we talk about these numbers on Saturdays and throughout the week with the kids. We talk about, you know, how important it is to win possession in 10 and, and what that, that does to the offense. And, and then we also, we're going to call plays, we're going to call blitzes, uh, we're going to call pressures that are gonna gain us advantage and hit negatives. And our kids pay attention that they know that, you know, if we get a negative, if we win P and 10, hey, we're probably gonna win that series. Hey, all likelihood statistics are in our advantage. So the last two years, that number has been even better. If we win possession in 10, the offense only had about 11% chance of scoring. If we win that first down of the series, that's absolutely huge. So, we're, you know, you're talking about um, keeping them out of the, the end zone nine out of ten times, just that one down. Um, and that's resulted in us being the number one defense in Kansas the last two years. So what are some things that we do to get after it? What are we going to do, and what are some of the pressures that, that we're going to build? Um, when we saw those numbers for P and 10, we got pretty – we started looking at some things other people were doing, uh, went to some clinics, talked to some people, and one of the things we picked up – was, was an eyes coverage or what we call, some people call um, hot coverage and we're three deep, two under, and we're gonna attack six man pressure. And we like it mostly against 11 personnel and 10 personnel. I think you gotta be careful if there's tight ends in the games, but sometimes we're still gonna use it. So one of the things that we installed, uh, we're gonna slide to a 40 and we'll slide to a 40 occasionally and we're gonna put in cross dogs against some teams. And we like it in particular on first down. Right, so we're gonna play you can see it kind of playing out here. We're going to play three deep, right, two under, and we've got our, our field backer is attached because there's a tight end there. He's a little tighter, but normally he might right, be in the drop. He's the drop backer, but he's reacting to a run here, and so this makes it even better. Um, and our boundary safety is going to come down 10 to 8. Our field safety is going to work slow to the post with his eyes in the backfield. And our corners are really, they only care about fades. The only thing that can hurt us if someone's going to pick up that we're bringing six and this one turns into seven is an immediate fade. So we're going to show pressure, okay, and then they're going to bail out of there. And we're just going to tell them they hit a hitch, they hit something underneath, we're just going to rally up and tackle. Um, but the likelihood, and you know, you're doing your scout throughout the week, okay, is that going to happen? Uh, if it does, we get up and tackle, uh, but you know, that we're going to try to take it away with alignment. We'll be up tight with our corners, four to five yards, 
okay? And they bail out. If they get one underneath, they win that down. We just got to come out and tackle and live for another day. And so take a look here. So from our 30 base, we slide to a 40, and we make this super simple for our kids. We just line up in twos, okay, and then in fours to fives. Okay? Our boundary linebacker is going to walk down. He's a five technique. We're in a two. Okay? Our nose is going to get into a two, and they're both going to try to work through the tackle's hip. Okay? And then our backer is going to insert across the, the center, and then the other backer is going to cross his face. The first backer is going to be a penetrator. The second backer is looking for the back coming through. And so we don't always love this against gap schemes, and we kind of get one here and kind of get an interesting play here uh, where the quarterback is going to fake and kind of get a false pole. Uh, but because we're not playing zero pressure with this six-man, we're playing with coverage and we're playing with eyes in the backfield, we've got zone eyes. And so if something does leak, Okay, we can go tackle it. And so you can see our safety here. It's going to come down, okay, and he's right there free, and we're down in the end zone, and we're going to knock this one back pretty good. Right, same team backed up. We're first down, right, and we're going to run another six-man pressure, and this one's super easy. Uh, this is something that lots of teams do. We're going to run NCAA pressure from the field, and all we're going to do on the boundary is, is tell our outside backer, you're not a dropper on this play like you would be on NCAA pressure. Okay? You're going to insert on the pressure, you're going to surf the end, and our tackle is going to pinch. So we're going to close the gaps on the inside, we're going to bring two off the edge, and we're going to have the same coverage principles on the back. Corners don't get beat deep. Field safety is going to come down on the snap from 10 to 8, and he's going to play seam curl flat, and our post safety is going to work to the post, make sure we don't get anything uh, coming deep and really he, he's playing safety here something pops we really expect to run most of the time when we call this but we get an example here our safety does a really good job with the eyes in the backfield he doesn't come down too hard he gets 10 to 8 and once the ball's out with the pressure in the quarterback's face he's going to run through and grab that ball and we're off to the races right, and those are two of our base six-man pressures and I'll talk about those more in the next clinic and, and get a little more in depth with those and so we're going to do this as much as we can. And, and, and you know, some of this, you see a theme here when teams are backed up, we like this even more. And I'll get to why we like it more when they're backed up. Um, and we have another really good example of our, our field safety. Okay. He's not going to work down too hard. I see him curl flat, eyes in the backfield. It's not a great throw because of the pressure. And he's going to go take the ball out of the air. Right. Again, here we're on the cross dog. And this is really where we like it against. We like it against teams we think we're going to see zone, uh, especially the cross dog. Right? First backer through is going to penetrate, force the cutback. Second backer through is going to clean it up. And we get this quite a bit. Again, here's our other one with the field, two off the edge, NCAA, right? against a really good zone team. Right? We're going to come down. We're going to long stick from the four, get into the A. Our four technique from the boundary is going to get into the B gap, and there's really not a lot of room to run, and our will to the boundary, he's, he squats and runs free and cleans stuff up. Right, and this gets, this gets tough. We feel like this is a safe pressure. Right? We're not playing zero. We're not tipping our hand. And for the most part, this one really looks like our 3-4 base. Right? You can't tell from the snap 
um, you know, sometimes with kids, we're going to tip it off. But from here, you're looking right now, it's 3-4. Okay, now we're going to bring six-man. The other thing we like is if it turns into pass, okay, this is still this is a good pass pressure. Okay? We just got to make sure that we hit home. And we're going to tell our DBs, we're going to tell our secondary, you know, you're going to be out there and it's going to be a lot of space, but we're going to bring pressure. If you have to defend a lot of space here, we're going to promise you to bring pressure, okay? and we're going to get to the quarterback and make sure he feels it and get, or at least gets off his mark. Okay? And, and here we're going to come through. Okay? We take a look at this one. We got pistol. This looks like run to me. It's going to be tough to get that pistol tailback into pass pro. Okay? And we're going to get a run through, force the quarterback out, and pick the ball off. Okay? And I think part of that is, is we're playing with zone eyes. Okay? It's not a zero pressure. Right? And here again against the pass, we get a run through. Quarterback's got to get rid of it quick. Okay? And, and it's, it's a tough throw. Okay, we're going to get linebacker in your face, okay, and then our secondary is going to rally, see the ball here. So when, we, when we're talking about first down, we, we start talking about some management. So you know, if, if first down is that big a deal, how do we manage the game? And what we're going to tell the kids, you know, this down so important, not just the pressures that we have, is that, that we have to avoid pre-snap penalties at all costs. We are not going to talk about penalties and get upset about penalties for anything aggressive except for jumping off sides. Hey, we can't have it. We're not going to be accepting of it. Hey, if you, you jump off sides, you basically give them a first down, and now their likelihood of scoring goes up dramatically. There's almost no worse sin than jumping off sides. So we're going to do everything we can in practice. We're going to get all the, the sticks and everything and make sure our coaches are not doing things on whistles. Uh, a lot of times they'll say, you know, if it gets too much, I'll tell them, I don't bring your whistles to practice. I want to hear them. Uh, make sure you get the sticks out. You find something to start on. But there's nothing worse. You give up, you jump off sides, you're going to give them a win on first down, which says they're going to score almost one out of two series. So you, you're giving up a touchdown one out of two times when you jump off sides. The other thing is we're, we're going to talk about all penalties post-snap, right? So in those ones, what we're talking about are, you know, any silly stuff. You're going to give up a big play. You're probably going to give up a score. You know, you have a post-snap penalty. Those things outside the white, um, you know, jawing at the official, jawing at a kid. You give up. You know, you're going to give up a big play, and that big play is going to give them a giant chance to score. And we don't want those. Um, so, we're going to have a huge, heavy play sheet on first down. We're going to spend a bunch of time on first down. Um, we're going to practice a major part of Monday and Tuesday on first down because you execute what you emphasize. And then we, we also started thinking more about like special teams into this. Like what is this, what are these statistics telling us about how should we play special teams? Uh, one of the things that, that we kind of came across was, you know, and someone else did this study and I, and I can't, you know, I wish I could give credit. I heard someone else talking about this and studying things uh, about, about kickoffs. And if you can't get the ball to the end zone, if you give up a big play on a kick return, the likelihood of the other team scoring goes up dramatically. So we talked about if we can't get the ball in the end zone, like the kickoff is giant. So we think about, and I, and I think the guy that I heard that from the clinic was, you know, it's, 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 it's Newton, it's objects in motion stay in motion. So if you start a drive with a huge kick return, the likelihood of them scoring on that drive goes up dramatically. So we've talked about on t years that we don't have a guy that can put the ball in the end zone, 
we are going to do everything we can to mortar the ball and force fair catches. We like that. Even if we give up some yards, right, that force fair catch brings up no momentum. And I think that's what that is. You know, you get that with momentum, high school kids. Um, you know, and e even you see it sometimes in college and the pros following a big kick return. What happens, right? Then the offense comes out, they're excited, a little more energy. So uh, well, how does this impact our special teams? And then we don't want to scare the kids either. We don't want to share these statistics and say, hey, you lost first down, the series is over. Well, we're going to tell them then other statistics. Okay, so we lost first down, we lost P and 10. What can we do? We can force a negative and then we can rewrite the data. Okay, if we force a negative, we're going to get after it. Okay, then things change. Or go win the next first down. It's all right, it's okay. We're gonna, they're coached well. They play hard too. You're going to give up a first down here and there. After that, go win the next first down. Go win that next one. All right, so I think you have to have those things in mind. So talking about negatives, what we've done is we've looked at all our negative plays and, and what happens okay, if we create a negative play. And what we found since 2018 is the offense only scores 13% of the time. Um, and, and it's not very good. You know, if we create a negative, their chances go down dramatically. So that's something we'll talk about rewriting the data or changing the data if we do give up a big play. Um, and you can see over the years when we were really good, we we're final four and 18, final eight and 19, final eight and 21, and then we win the whole thing in 22. We're creating negatives a lot. And, and, and we're gonna do that about one out of five plays. Um, and it's intentional, we're, you know, we talk about it. Uh, we're gonna scheme to do that. Uh, you know, it, it's not accidental. Right? We're gonna do things to make sure that we go after negatives. Uh, when we, we kind of see here, when we get over 20% of our plays negative, we have a good season. Uh, not as good a season in 2020, uh, tougher season that we had, and there's lots of things going on there, but we didn't create negatives that year. We didn't create near as many. The other thing we did that year, which has changed how we looked at, we played a bunch of tight front, and we were still really good at the run, but we didn't hit the home runs. So knowing that, knowing those statistics, knowing our history, okay, what are we going to do to look for opportunities to create negatives? Okay, and there's lots of different ways you can do it, and then we're going to try to build what we call our hitter's count. What's our hitter's count? When's it 3-1, and we're swinging away? And we, we feel like we got a pretty good idea when that is. Um, and we'll talk about that. And then we also, and this is why we started with the six-man pressures, do you have home run hitters in your scheme? Like, do you, in your scheme, do you have plays you know if it's going to hit, right, they're going backwards. Right? Do you have that into your defense? You know, or are you going to sit back and play technique? And all those things are fine, but, but we think that the numbers tell us like, you got to hit negatives. You, ha you have to to end the drive. And so, we're going to look at this and try to understand uh, the stats, okay? the stats that win games. Turn the ball over, win P and 10, okay? create negatives. So how do we do that? Uh, you know, and how do we fit that into our scheme? Uh, we're, we're really concept heavy. Uh, and so by that I mean uh, we, we sometimes appear very multiple, but for our kids, they're doing a lot of the same things or they're trading jobs. Uh, they understand a concept. Um, I, we're going to be able to trade forces and who, who's going to take that. Um, we might align in a different technique and then play the same technique, but we're, we're going to be concept heavy. Um, and that's in our front and in our secondary. We want to have the ability to stem and shift. Um, and when we do that, we're gonna, can we play the same technique? Can we stem, 
you know, right before the step, is, uh, do we have an indicator that's going to help us out? Can we shift because uh, we saw something another team liked and then go back to where we came? And sometimes we're trying to create confusion for those guys in front of us. Okay? Can we confuse the quarterback? Can we confuse the O-line? Can we confuse the receivers if they're reading things? Okay? And then in the back end, we are divorced for the most part. Okay? So those guys are, are going to look at the formation and they're going to call their, their coverage. And we set that up week to week, we've got a base, and then when I want to be in control of it, we've got some one high options. Right? But because we have these quarters tools, we can be really multiple how we apply them. You know, how we, you know, if we learn to play quarters, we can apply that in a lot of different areas, especially you get into trips and, and sometimes some empty things. So, and then the last thing we're gonna to try to do is we're gonna to try to protect our best concepts. You know, offensive guys talk about this all the time, but I think defensive guys too, I think, I think you gotta protect your best concepts. So do you have some ways to, to show something different to protect what you do really well? Um, offensive guys are really good with that formations. We talk about that too, and I'll talk about that in our, our other clinic with our third down sims. How do we protect our best concepts? And then how do we show a defensive formation to change the picture that the offense sees? And that's how we talk about it and teach it with the kids. Like this is a defensive formation. They know that growing up. They know that, that language as kids when they're all playing both ways. When they come over to defense, we're gonna say, we're gonna have some defensive formations too. Then we're gonna get back to some of our base things. So, you know, all that to be said, like we wanna appear multiple and then we wanna protect ourselves. What do we do? So we wanna be too high most of the time, but we gotta have some one high answers. I think, you know, most of the time, really good offenses are gonna take advantage of you if you, they know where you're gonna be at all times. So we've gotta have that post snap movement close the middle of the field, um, and the same thing with our fronts. You know, if we're gonna be a 30 front most of the time, can we play a 40 front as well? <clears throat> so here is probably our number one pressure over the last five years. It, it's nothing that's earth shattering. Okay? We're gonna bring the boundary backer. Okay? We're gonna reduce the front and slam it. Okay? And lots of teams do this, and they've been doing it for a long time. Um, but it, it's, been, it's been good to us, and we use it for lots of, you know, it's a tool for us to do lots of different things. Do we want to get into an under front? Do we want to get into an over front? And that our kids don't know that. They just know okay, they're going to run the bench uh, blitz. Uh, and then, you know, it's, you know, it's been good to us against a lot of different things. You know, can we get into it? And the, some of the reasons we like it is we like the movement. We like our D linemen getting off the ball and attacking. Uh, we're not generally bigger than everyone else that we play. Uh, this year we won with two kids that were barely 200 pounds playing our four and five techniques. Uh, we had a big giant nose who's really good and we've been blessed to have some good noses. Uh, but we don't feel like we can live in technique. We gotta move. And the other thing I think is, you know, and, and I discovered this, you know, coaching against some really good offenses and just in practice, when we move, uh, good old linemen have trouble too. Um, you know, and we're playing against, you know, high school kids. So can we take our defensive linemen you know, and if you look here, and get them on the attack. And so we're just gonna come from the boundary, 25's gonna come in here, okay, and everyone else is going to slant to the field. Okay? And this is a case where we get two guys to run free, and our field okay, is gonna close on zero pressure, and we're gonna have three defensive linemen in the backfield. And, and I don't think this is anything, you know, you know, revolutionary. Our kids are getting off the ball here. That's what this is. And they're gonna slide. Okay, and they're gonna miss, and we get a negative here right off the bat. This is one of the first plays of the game. Okay, we're first and 10 here, talking about first down pressures. And so, 
And we get off the ball, we're on the attack. The other thing I think is important for high school kids and, and to understand, we like to start here, especially with our freshmen. You know, you can get into tight front and you can get into some other techniques and you've got D linemen using their hands and it's all valid and it's all good. Um, sometimes that's tough to ask a 14 year old kid to do. And so you're spending two, two and a half years before that kid's been in the weight room and can really use his hands and has some strength and ask him to play technique and get locked out um, against heavier kids a lot of times. Uh, and, and, you know, you're gonna react and then attack. We feel like this is more attack, react. Right? And then as they get older, then we'll start adding technique pieces. You know, and I think some other teams sometimes do that the other way around. They'll start and they'll add and sprinkle in um, those attack elements and those, those slants and different things. But that's where we're gonna start. And so here's an example of us trying to protect our, our, our best pressure. Right? And it's simple here. We're gonna walk up, show double A gap, and then everyone is gonna get back to our bench reduction. They're just gonna get back to it. Right? Our, outside, our inside backers are gonna drop out, right? and we get here in their protection, they see six up, the O-linemen come down, and we get one come off the edge free. Right? And this year, he's probably our best pass rusher. They don't touch him. Right? And we've got coverage behind it. Right? What is this? This looks different, the kids get excited, we're showing an upfront pressure, but we're running the same thing they've been running since they were in sixth or seventh grade. They started this in junior high. This is the first thing that they learned. Right? And here's a different example. All we're gonna do here is we're gonna stem to 40, and again, we're just gonna go back to where we would be if we finished our bench reduction. Right? And why do we do this? Well, this is, right, this, we think second and eight here is a pass down for them. We wanna get our four technique into a five technique Right, to get a better angle on a pass rush here. Right, and we guess right, we get him moving around, scrambling around the pocket, we get a negative on the dump down. Right, this is our base pressure. Right, we're super multiple in this way, we look, right, we're showing different fronts to these O-linemen, these high school kids, but for our kids, they're just going back to blade, they're going back to bench pressure. So you see him here, going to a 40, our nose lines up in a two, he's gonna go back to where he would end up. Right. If our four, he's in a two here, but normally he's in a four, he would come to work into the B gap. He's just gonna work back into it. And our outside backer, he's gonna execute pass rush, and we get a much better angle for pass rush because we start this cat in a five technique. All right, and then what can we do to show some, you know, can we take that same scheme, do it from the other side of the field? Okay, and again, right, these are simple things um, but we're, we're doing this on purpose. This is first down. Hey, we feel pretty good. They're going to run zone out of this pistol formation, and we're going to come flying off the edge and smack them in the mouth. Hey, these are just field and bench pressures, simple things. Hey, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure, because we're playing from a 30 front most of the time, hey, can we bring all four guys? So we showed multiple examples coming from the, from the boundary. Hey, last example from the field. Can we bring our inside backers too? Right? So we could you know, bring all these guys, potentially our corner, right, into the mix to run some of these pressures. Right? We get a dog pressure there, A's run, we had negative. Right? And you know, these, are, these are big plays. We were second and five, we lost first down the play before this. Now we hit a negative, we've changed the math. Now it's third and six, third and seven, this is a lot easier. And so one of the other things we do is, is we stem, and, and this has been something that's been a little new. 
Um, we're, we like this against certain teams. Certain things are going to give us some tip-offs of when we like to do it. Uh, this is a state championship game. This was a team that we felt like if we, the year before we played them in the playoffs and they lit up when we lined up in technique, uh, they, they torched us sometimes when they knew when the three, where the three was going to be. Um, they, they hit midline where they wanted to and they hit the veer where they wanted to. So we were going to move post-snap. We just get, we had to slow them down. Uh, we're 300 pounds, four out of the five guys up front, hey, and we're 200, 200, hey, we're down here 175, 165, and we're about 200 at the inside backers. So we got to do some things to give these kids a chance. So, you know, we're going to stem here when we get to bear. Now we're trying to do a couple things here. At the stem, we're trying to confuse late, and we're going to make sure the sophomore quarterback, who's a real good athlete, is going to have to find us again. He's going to have to find us post-snap. Um, and, and we want to get everything going to the edge where we've got, we feel like we've got the advantage of the athletes. Anything on the interior, um, interior dive and, and veer and, and midline, we feel like we're in trouble. So how can we get, the, you know, if we pinch the bear, can we get the quarterback to pull it faster um, and get him to be the ball carrier and not the senior backs? Right. But, you know, Stemming for a long time for me felt like it was really difficult to teach, but there's some things that, that I've recognized can be really easy tip-offs. So here's an example of a team uh, that is going to set their hands all at the same time. So as we do that, that's our key for us to move. They're giving us a key to move and move late. We feel like they're, they're into it. So the quarterback walks up, he checks, they're going to run the play where they want. Hey, they put their hands down, we move. Hey, and, you know, we're not going to win. It's not going to be huge for us all the time, but we're just trying to slow them down just a little bit. Right? We're, we're outmatched here, 72, 71, 76 here, way bigger than us. We're, we're in trouble if we don't do some things uh, to try to slow them down. Right? Another example here, I think you get a good example here on the side of you. Right? And this keys us, and this is not real difficult. you got kids that kind of understand we, our linebackers don't have to be watching for this. Our D-line just knows when we want to go from base into bear, just wait for the O-line's hands to go, and we go late, and then we get a chance here. We're going to get off the field here at third and five. And so, you know, all these different examples is that, like, pressure doesn't have to be right, six guys coming at you. We're going to do that, but it doesn't have to be just that. Can you stem? Can you move? Um, can you slow them down? Right? What ways are you trying to create put pressure on the offense, put pressure on those 17 and 18 year olds in front of you right, to slow them down, to make them think, and put us in a more aggressive position. Right. Right. The other thing that we like to, the stemming, and you know, and this is, you know, I don't know if this is, when we got teams that were going really fast, all right, and you know, it's tough to call some of your base pressures can we get our guys to stem late? They're looking for something. They're going to do it. You know, they're checking. They're checking blocking schemes. They're trying to go really fast, um, and especially if a team is really verbal. The quarterback is the one calling the plays. Hey, we want to be really verbal here too. And you see our Mike here, super excited. He thinks he's got this offsides. And I know you're not supposed to simulate counts, uh, but there's nothing wrong with yelling move. Hey, we're going to yell move here. And again, we've got a key. He knows because they're one of these teams that they're all going to set their hands at the same time. You're going to put their hands down, and now he knows. Ball's coming, they're locked into their play. Right? So he's going to move our front, right? and then we get this sometimes. We're going to steal here on first, and they jump off sides. 
because we're verbal and we're moving. I, and I think the other thing, if you know a team is going really fast, they're, they're checking some of the things that they do, the old linemen are making calls of where they're going to block, this is the other thing stemming does for you sometimes. Sometimes they're going to make their calls and they're going to talk to each other based on what they see initially. You move late and then you just happen to catch one here. So I think we get an example here on the gap scheme. I, we start in our four technique and I think they would probably decide to block this different if they know he's going to stay here. Right, they're probably going to run GH. Right, when he moves late, right, someone doesn't get the message. We're going to get three guys pulling. Right, no one takes our five technique, and he's off to the races, right, and he's going to get to the ball and knock the ball out. So can you do some different things right, to take advantage of what they do? The other thing we like to do is can we, especially because the teams are going really fast, uh, this, this indicator gives clues to our secondary too. Right? Can we change post-snap or right before the snap what we see uh, in front of the, the wide receivers? Can we change the force? Can we move our secondary? Can we stem those guys too? And you see it here. Uh, we're going to move from out of our base coverage to a cloud force. Uh, and, and our corner here is going to start creeping down. And we talked about this indicator. Throughout the summer, this is the first game of the year, they're going to put their hands down. Right? We show our base coverage. Right? Now you can get yourself into a better position. Right? He sees it. He's going to move into it. Our corner moves into a force position. Our safety works over the top, and we get a huge, huge play. Right? This, is, this is one of the best running backs out of Kansas, right? and we, we hit him for a negative early in the game, and now we got people questioning right, what they do. So, again, with statistics, we went through and looked at our turnovers over the last four or five years. And we looked at other things other than if you win the turnover battle, is that, that's it. I think the question you have to think about is, you know, how do you create the turnover? Like, if you know that's going to be a winning statistic, how do you create it? And we're going to look at other things besides, um, you know, just figuring out how to run a turnover circuit. Like, where do those things happen? Uh, what parts of the fields, what plays are likely to give it. Um, and and some, we thought this was interesting. When the ball is on the other side of the 50, about 70% of our turnovers are created. Uh, and I think it makes sense. You're looking at three down territory, not going to be as many teams as aggressive on fourth down. Um, you're going to put the ball up on, if you win first down, they're going to put the ball up on third down. So when they're backed up on their side of the field, uh, that's when the ball is turnover most of the time about 70% of the time, at least in the games that, that we're playing over four or five years. And so when we take some of that into consideration, um, what are we doing? Right? Um, how do we think about turnover location? And, and what? So we see that as that tells us we should be more likely to attack when the ball is in negative territory. When they're backed up, we should bring the gas more often. You know, and I know everybody talks about it in the red zone and get down towards the goal line. And we're going to talk about it when it's when it's backed up, when it's inside the 40. And the other thing is, you know, what are the down and distance? What quarters? Let's see, I got to put on the slide. And so what we saw, and we thought these were interesting, right, down and distance, the number one time that, that we see the ball turn over, it's on first down. So this plays into what we want to do already. We want to be aggressive on first down, so let's get after them on first down. They're likely to end, a, end their drive without scoring, and we might take the ball away. 
the other thing that, that we thought was interesting was when these are happening. And, and again, I think these make sense too. You get into second and fourth quarter, 70% of the turnovers take place. Why? Probably because the kids are tired, getting a little more re relaxed. And so when we see that, what does that tell us? What, what should we do as a play? Okay, we're ready, we're going back. So when we're talking about turnovers, what we find is most of them happen okay, on, on when the offense is backed up. And the other thing that we, we found is that most of them are interceptions, almost 50%, we're doing 45% of interceptions are happening deep and to the left. Um, and then, you know, what does that tell us? High school kids can't throw this. So there's some things that we'll decide based on that. You know, if we can't decide where to play a corner because they got two studs, um, or when do we want to double team? Like we're going to double team him when he's on their right or left. Like if we can't afford to double team him all the time, can we do it that way? Um, and then do we have to hide a corner? Hide the corner on our right. We got to put that kid over there. Um, balls aren't thrown well to the left and then especially to the deep left. And I think you can find these statistics, you can go online, um, most of those interceptions, it looks like that in the NFL too. And so when we, we think about those turnovers, where they take place, what are we going to try to do? We're going to try to attack a negative territory. Can we make the quarterbacks go left? Can we think about where the ball is on the hash when the ball's on the, their right hash? Is that a better time to attack? And we feel like it is sometimes because you force them out of the pocket to the left. Um, and then, and, and as I described, you know, how do we handle double covering a stud receiver? You know, if they're going to move them around, sometimes that can be to your advantage. So you're not doing it all the time. And I think, you know, the other thing you can look at is where do you give up big plays? And what we'll see is where we give up big plays to our left, the offensive right. Okay? Almost uh, in 2021, we looked at almost every pass that was a big play given up was to the right. I think we only had one big play given up to the left the whole year. Um, so those are, I, I think you could take those and, and move some kids around and, and based on your needs. So here's some, some quick examples. I won't go through all these, but here's deep left, playing zone coverage, we pick it off. They put pressure in the kid's face. It's on their right hash. We feel like sometimes like, the ball on their right hash, wide side of the field to the left, we like attacking that a little more. Uh, there's other indicators as well, uh, but that's, that, that's one there. So we've got a kid singled up here. Uh, they're going to take a shot here. It's first and 10. Uh, they're going to work deep left. And we're just going to run underneath the ball and catch. It's not super terrible throw. It's not, it's not a great throw either. We come down with the ball. Um, interesting one here. We're going to get, you know, a play action to the left. It's not a deep ball, but, that, you know, I think it's important to understand if you're a high school coach, these hashes are a long ways away. And what can you do? Can you sometimes take a guy out of coverage to the field flat? Okay, can you be a little short? That's a long ball to get out there to the left. And we, we fumble it too. We're going to pick this one up and score. It's an interesting play. Right, our safety's going to come pick it up after our other safety fumbles after his interception. Right, the other thing we see is lots of the fumbles take place. Right, runners going to the left. Right, we're, we think it's as simple as the kids aren't as strong with their left hand. And then, and then other times they won't switch it to their left hand. Um, but almost, you know, we're going to see dramatically more fumbles take place running to the left. So I think if you're a head coach or an offensive coordinator, you know, that's something, you know, you consider how do you want to carry the ball or even, you know, if you get kids carrying the ball, which hand should they be working on more? Probably their left. A big, strong kid there, uh, and he's going to lose it with his left. Another example here, we're going to throw the ball. 
right, to the field flat, and we're going to come up and take this ball. Right, long throw for five or six yards. We're playing zone coverage. We can come take this ball. You know, and, and sometimes we're, we're going to keep our coverage a lot of times a little tighter, keep some guys hanging into the box more because we feel like this happens a lot. It is tough to sit in the pocket on a high school hash and throw the ball all the way out to the field. Right. I think we get, get lucky here, but to the left, get doesn't really okay, come down. It's like a throw. There's a really good quarterback, and he doesn't get it over our outside linebacker's hand. To the left. He torched us all night throwing everywhere else. Right. He's going to throw this one to the left. We're going to take this one out of his hands. Again here, we're going to get sweep to the left. The running back's going to cough it up, doesn't get it into his left hand. Right. Again, running to the left, quarterback right, doesn't switch the ball, pops out late. We're going to go score. Right. This example's a little different. We get some pressure. It's going to help it. But even these deep you know, boundary balls, too, can be a long way as well. This one here, you know, so common. You see lots of teams sprinting out. Right? You can see how uncomfortable this quarterback is. He's a really good athlete and really good runner. But he gets out, sprinting out to his left. He's going to hop into the throw. He's going to come up short. Right? We're going to take this one away. Right? And I think if you go through your film, you might see some similar things. Throwing the ball to the left it can be really difficult, especially if you're trying to get something on it. And then here, we thought this one was, was interesting. We're going to throw number two here, right? one of the fastest kids in the area. But I mean, sure, you can see how slight he is. They're going to throw to the, him as a tailback for a double pass, and he's going to try to throw the ball to his left. He doesn't throw the ball very often. He can't even get it out of his hands. All right, so I think this one just emphasizes this is not a normal quarterback for sure, but how difficult I think it is for, for high school kids, you know, good athletes, to throw the ball to the left. Another example here, running to the left. It's a little tough to see here, but the ball carrier, <clears throat> he's not going to put the ball in his left hand. He's going to get hit late. See here, ball's in his right hand. We're going to come up. We're going to pop it out. He doesn't get it to his outside arm. So simple, fundamental things, but I think that those are difficult for kids to do. Right. So earlier I talked about, can you get to your hitter's count? When's it three and one? You're going to swing away. You know whatever's coming uh, down the pipe, you got, you're probably going to get a good pitch. You're going to get a strike, and you're going to, take, you're going to get the fastball, and you're going to try to put this one over the fence. So when we take all these stats together, we call these, this is our hitter's count. So when do we get hitter's count? We don't always get these in the game, but sometimes you might get it three or four times in a game. We're going to look at, is it first down? Is it negative territory? And is it the second and fourth quarter? If it is, uh, we, we really like um, our, our heavier pressures. Sometimes our man pressure, sometimes our six uh, man hot pressure. But if we get that scenario, so we get here, we get first and 10, we're backed up inside the 10, right? and so we're going to come after you. And again, I don't want to be dogmatic about these stats either. We're late in the third quarter. It's not the second quarter and it's not the fourth. But the other statistics look good. Right? It's, they're deep in their territory. We're expecting them to be a little puckered up. Their coach is yelling at them as they're coming out. You've got to get the ball out of there and get to a punt. They're probably already talking negative, right? So I think about, you know, that, that's interesting too. 
and you hear that a lot, you just got to get it out of here and get the ball to a punt. You know, if you're an offensive guy and you're talking like that, you're already telling the kids, you know, we're going to lose this series. So, you know, considering that and these other statistics, we're going to come after you. So here's an example. Here's that cross dog pressure. We're going to bring six, and we like it. Right? Even if we don't hit this here, and I think they got a good play here. If you're going to bring six, I think speed option is a really good play to attack us with. And we got safeties here with eyes in the backfield. So if this pops, okay, we're just going to run it down, and we'll try to hit a negative on another play. Right? So again, because right, I, I want to make sure we don't want to, you know, have to stay to all those statistics. We're second and nine here. It's the fourth quarter, and they're backed up. So we feel like we're down here. I think we're down about two scores. We've got to make a play here. This is pretty easy. It's backed up. Right. We're going to bring that NCAA add-on with the sixth man on the boundary. Right. And we're going to stick this one here. We're going to get the ball back to the offense. Now we got okay, – they're going to be more conservative on third down. They're probably going to punt the ball here. Right. They're up two scores. We're going to give ourselves a chance. Right. So now we get into, like, we're perfect hitters count here. If you look here, it's the fourth quarter. It's first and ten. They're backed up. We're going to bring bullets from both edge. We're going to pinch into to a bear look. It's going to be good against these ten personnel, or eleven personnel, I should say, sets. We're going to get split zone and inside zone. Right. And they're going to run sweep, and they're going to run it right into right, our blitzing backer. Right. But we like the scenario. We, we like this already. We're going to bring it some form or fashion right? and, you know and then you know other times like, do you have something for the game plan and so we like these we think the backs are going to tell us a whole bunch of information too you know he's tucked in h back tucked in what are we going to get we're going to get gh coming back we're going to get split zone coming back so what do we like to do let's run ncaa on the opposite side and let's put those two backers right in that kick out space First down, backed up, negative. We're going to get the ball back. So, and, and, and I think it's important. You've got to have some of these things in your scheme. Do you have these in your schemes that you can go after and try to create negatives? Right, my thought process when, I, when I'm looking at this right here is, like, we're going after a home run. This is a hitter's count. And we'll talk about some of these, these five-man pressures uh, in the next clinic. Right, we get six-man pressure here. Right, and we'll bring it you know, first quarter two. We're not going to just, we won't just bring it in the second and fourth. But we get an example here. First down, they're going to try to throw out of it. We've been pressuring them a bunch. They're going to try to throw fade. And then thinking about your six-man pressures, will they turn into good? You know, we, we install them as run pressures, but will they also be a good pass uh, pressure as well? And we get that here. We're going to get a run through here. And then when you see different schemes, you know, we're, we're mainly going to see a lot of 20 personnel, 11 personnel, but we see a ton of flex bone. Uh, we're going to see a little bit of wing T. Right? We're going to make sure that week we have some form of pressure. Even if we've got to play technique, um, you know, we've got to play our option rules, can we do some things that are going to let us bring pressure as well? And so here we got an example here. This was our six-man pressure for the flex team. Right? And we're going to hit a negative. Okay? We're going to pinch everybody in. We're going to cross dog the mic in the nose. They pitch the ball out. Right, and we got edge pressure coming along with it. 
Right? And then here we are with a big play. Right? And this is early. This is the first time we're getting backed up, first down. We're going to bring this early. And I think that's the other thing, too. I don't want to hold fast to that second and fourth quarter rule. Can we create some of this pressure in the first down? Right? And so the other thing we do when we're considering what's our play calling sheet when we get to that, right? uh, we also went through and studied all the trips that we've seen over the last three or four years. And then we try to build a menu every week based on trips. What is trips going to do? Um, and can we find some indicators that are going to go through and, and help us out? So we went through and we just took trips and we took back locations. And does that give us any information? And, and you know, this could be regionally different. I think you'd have to study who you, who you play. Um, but we found some, some heavy tendencies based on the back. And this is going to allow us to bring pressure when we want to bring pressure. We can go attack what they're doing because we feel pretty good about we have a good idea because of where the back is. So what do we find? When we see the back strong and even, we got lots of sprint out. So can you build something to attack sprint out? You know, if it's trips and he's weak, what we got the pass protection was different. We're getting some kind of man pass protection. Uh, and a lot of times we're getting kind of vertical stay in the pocket. We're going to get a vertical pass concept and those guys stay in the pocket. And so you know, we like double A gap and cross dogs and different things there to attack those schemes. And then if the back is weak in trips, a lot of times you're getting bash action. You're going to get that back across, run and sweep there. So do you have a way to attack that? If we got deep and strong, so we're like pistol and offset, what do we see? We're going to see downhill run game or speed option, right? So then can we base our call based on that back placement? If he's deep and weak, what we get is we get a lot of kind of double option game, that downhill zone read or speed option. Um, that's what we're going to see. If we get quads, likelihood we're going to get sprint out. Right? And if we get pistol, we're going to see downhill kind of midline read, read games. We're going to see speed option. And we used to see minimal pass. We're seeing more and more of it now. I think guys are trying to hide, um, you know, pistol and then trying to pass pro. But, but we don't see anybody doing it well. If they're going to stay in pistol, and, and try to pass pro. Um, so we feel like sometimes those are really good times to attack. But they're gonna get a pistol on third down. Uh, most of the time, unless it's my old boss, Tim Thornton, who does a good job getting that guy all the way to the line of scrimmage. If they're in pistol in a pass situation, that back is not gonna get into pro, and if he does, he's gonna come from behind and then get up in front of the quarterback, and they don't generally do a good job, even really good backs. Okay, so what do these look like? What are we talking about? So. All right, this week, are we going to get a bunch of trips strong? We might like two off the edge to attack the sprint out if we feel like we can be a little loose in coverage. Or those guys are good out there. We need to flood the coverage. All right, so those are the decisions we got to make each week. All right, we felt pretty good this week that, that we had to get this quarterback. We had to attack this quarterback. If he got loose on sprint out, we were going to be in trouble. So when we got this, strong indicator this 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 three strong we were going to bring pressure from the field uh, we, we rolled to three high uh, we're a little light in coverage but we feel like this kid if he gets loose is much more dangerous than if he's throwing the ball so we're going to get into his face right? he steps up he wants to run the ball right? and we we take care of it are we a little loose in coverage yes and will some of the guys in college and pro tell you you can't play three deep against some of these things and you can't get into fire zone um, Yes, uh, but they, we're playing against high school kids. You know, they got to make sure that your scheme is, is for high school kids and you do a good job evaluating those guys. And I think sometimes that pressure is going to help. If you're, if you're light in the secondary, 
um, can you help those guys out bringing pressure? So we get, you know, this is typical formation. We got an H back, tailback strong. Right? We feel like, like this is sprint out or this is gap scheme coming at us. Either way, we like two off the edge at the backs. Right? If we get power right here, we feel like we can get under and over the kick out. Right? And if it turns into a sprint out, which we get here, it's third and long, right? we can put some pressure on. Right? And again, we're, we're in this home run hitters count. It's second quarter that's backed up. They did something silly to get them penalized. Hey, we're going to come after it. We could sit and play, play light here, but I think we're going for the kill shot here. So we get pressure. We stop the sprint out. Hey, we feel good hey, about our coverage against their guys. We don't feel good about this quarterback running. This quarterback's a good runner. Get in his face now. Here we see, th these are examples here of you know, right hash pressure too. We get third, we get this back strong. Hey, we're going to bring bullets here, both backers off the edge. Hey, we're going to play cover three behind it and you know, get this kid. We knew that this kid, if he got going to the right, was going to run a touchdown or throw a touchdown. He could throw the ball 60 yards down the field. But how do we get it? And so you know, if you can't call it, you know, the thing that we talked about this week is we'll just bring backers from both sides. Hey, we'll be right. And we're going to talk to this kid over here who's on the left. Like You're going to get really high when you push the pocket. Get up high. You're not necessarily going to look for the sack. Get into his vision. Get high. Push him away from you. And he does a really good job there. He's going to get high into the pocket. Quarterback steps out, goes left, and we're bringing pressure the other way. All right, and then here's another example. You know, should we just flood the coverage? Can we do some other things? You know, we're going to get. And this is an example of our three safety stuff, and I think this, this has been good to us as well. Can we get to some drop eight in some different ways? And here you get heavy sprint out, and you know, a common answer for that would be to take your mic okay, and then put him on the back okay, and stop the sprint out. What happens a lot of times is you get this curl here that okay, gets tough to cover. So by playing three safety here in this situation, okay, he can take the curl, we can get the mic in there, Instead of him sitting forever, our outside backer sitting forever, curl flat, he can work to the flat a little bit quicker. And we'll talk about that in some of the other clinics. And we're going to get pressure from coverage. And here again, we're just going to bring a smoke from the field. We think we're going to get sprint out here. All right, let's get into his face now. Let's make him throw the ball. Let's not let this big quarterback get out there, sprint around, and have a two-way go. Hey, he gets the ball, gets it out early, throws it to the field, to the flat. It's not a good throw. It's a long throw. We talked about that. It's tough. Right. What we've seen trips week is like this is a really good time for us to attack the A-gaps and passing downs and then attack from the field on first down and on rundowns. So when this back is, is weak to trips, hey, you're going to get that bash action a lot. So here's an example here. And then sometimes we're going to use pressure to kind of clear up this read. We felt like this team ran this kind of wide zone read really well. And so we're hoping we're going to cut off right now and then maybe get a pull here. And then we're running NCAA. He's going to come up 
right there, and now our mic knows I've got the quarterback if he pulls. Right? Our Sam knows I've got the tailback if he hands it off. Right? And then right away we're going to run to that action. You know, sometimes people talk about don't pressure option, don't pressure those things. You got to sit there and play technique. Well, if, if we've got a back indicator that tells us where the ball is going, we can go fit up right now, or we can make a make the cat carry the ball that you want to carry the ball. All right, and here's an example here. All right, we know these guys now. Back is front. He's weak. Right, there's really only one way this back can go. Right, he maybe can run inside zone here, but he's likely coming across the quarterback just by alignment. Right, and we know that, right, and he knows that. Our outside backer knows that. He sees that alignment. He's the opposite of me. He's coming back. So I think teaching some of those, you know, post-snap movements too. Right, you see our kids here do a really good job here, recognize where this is at, right, and they're going to check to this themselves. Right, they see the back get into this position, and we're going to go field smoke right into it. Right, where's the back going to go? That's really the only place he can go. He could flare out if it's pass, but it's first and ten here. So this is super easy pressure. We're going to go attack it right now. Back tells us where to go. Similar example here, back is up, he's weak, he's in front of the quarterback. He's coming across his face. Now, I think sometimes people get a little confused about what's going to happen here and, the, the, you know, um, they try to sit and, and make everybody play their responsibilities. Like, I, I want to attack this. If I can get stop this sweep right now before this kid who runs a 4-4 gets momentum going to the edge, I want to do that. Um, you know, what this team did really, really well is they're going to read, too, and they're going to come back with counter right, or inside zone with the quarterback, too. Right, so if we run field pressure here, he's going to come up, attack the, the sweep, and we're going to slant. Right, we're just running our base stuff that we've been running since we're in seventh grade. We're going to slant right with that possible quarterback's throat with the pull. And we're, we're right into it. We're, we're at the end of the game here, and this is, this is a big game. We're going to win on their home field, first game of the year. They haven't been beat here 13, 14 years. Right. And again, here's an example. What are we going to do? Right. Now that was first and 10. Here's third and long. Back is weak. We think this is a pass. Right. So as much as we can, and we'll talk about this in the third down session, like can we attack the back into pass bro? So we're going to bring the corner off. Right. Really, we're playing coverage here because we're third and long. Our safety is going to roll over, replace the corner, we're going to give him the hitch, get pressure, right. and we got sack. Right. Similar example, we're going to bring the corner because we know that back is going to be, that's, that's their man side because the back is there. Right. Go attack the back. And we'll get into some more details of that. Right. Back is weak, third down. Right. Probably won't appeal with that, but we get pressure. Quarterback gets smoked. Right. He's going to feel it. Make him think about throwing the ball.
know, and I think, you know, these, these you know, simple concepts here, it works out really well if, if you're playing a lot of slanting defense. Okay, here, hey, we're, we're expecting bash. We don't get it. We get quarterback sweep the other way. But we turn out okay because we're getting slant to the boundary. And so this, this is a safe pressure in my mind. We're going to come after him. Hey, we're going to keep this really fast tailback from getting to the field and running around the edge. And if the quarterback pulls it, hey, D-line linebackers are working back for it. <clears throat> so the other thing, we, we get this offset pistol. Hey, and when we get this, hey, what we probably see the most of is you're going to get some kind of you know, that, that horizontal RPO screen pass option game. Right, so how do you want to attack that? Do you want to play drop eight? Right? Or hey, we know because of the back placement when he's offset, this is going to be the read side. So you figure out how you want to play coverage there. You figure out how you want to attack that. But we know the read side is over here. Right? We know that's where the quarterback's vision's going. Right? So can we come up and attack it? Right? Get example here. Right? We get speed option. Right? And we're going to run a simple... Right. Mike plug in here to attack. We're going to get him on the edge, him on the edge, right. and this gets to be a tough play. We know that's the read side. We know we're going to get some kind, <coughs> excuse me, some type of option game going that way. Whether it's downhill power, or counter read, or speed option, back's going to tell us a story here. Right. And this is, this is right, some of the same schools and some of the different ones. Right. So how do we use pressure to attack this? You know, when this back tells us what the play is, right, what can we do? So we know now, again, we're expecting this counter coming back. We're expecting gap scheme, backs are on the same side. Right? So we're going to bring two off the edge on the back side. If they run power, we're good. If they run counter away, we feel like we're in good shape here. Right? So we get our four chasing. He's already on the slant anyway. Gets in the tackles, hit pocket. He's going to force the quarterback pull. And we're going to get one inside the load, one outside the load. Now the quarterback's got to throw the ball. And I think for the most part, when you're seeing triple schemes, whether it's flex bone hey, or even like these counter reads and power read teams, you know, can you make the quarterback go through all three phases? Make him go through all three phases as much as you can. This quarterback's a cat here. Number eight does a really good job. He's going to sit on the quarterback here. And we're going to make him throw the ball. And then the other one is you get trips, you get the pistol weak. What are you going to get? You've got to be wary of back coming out, some type of you know, spacing and, and, and things coming this way. But we get a lot, we'll see a lot of, you know, uh, what are we going to get here? We're going to get downhill run game to that way. Right, but you've got to be wary here of this back working out to the boundary. Do you have something in your toolbox? And here we got different ways to do it. Right, we got the quarter. Corners on cloud here, hey, and the safety, hey, they're going to play together on these guys. So what is trips going to tell you? Hey, what is the back and trips going to tell you? Hey, and then how do you build what you're doing to make sure that you cover what you're going to see? Right, and then the last one, I think we're at the last one here. Hey, when you get trips pistol here, and I think this is something that that, that is – this one's interesting. You get offensive coordinators that want to hide this. They don't want to tip it off. 
it's third and seven here, uh, but we're winning the game here. Uh, this is, you know, I want to say we're, uh, we're in good shape here. They're trying to come back in the second quarter. We're already starting to pull away. Uh, and we got a pretty good idea. This tackle here is going to Iowa State. This, this back here is going to K-State. This is their man side. They're going to slide this way. And we're going to get man side to the, to the tackle. And it makes sense. That tackle's good. It's going to make him be one of your man blockers. But we're still, like, we know that that's, that, that's what we're going to get. So right, we're going to attack it here. And it's just NCAA pressure again. But we're going to get long stick, try to get to the A gap. We get double A gap, which is good against any kind of half man or man. We're going to get cross action with it, which is good against this man. And we get contained here. And we know where the back's going to be. And this kid's a cat. And this is a big 12 player. And he doesn't do an awesome job in the pass rail. And in the third down segment, I'll talk about that. Can you attack the backs as much as possible? He does okay. I don't love this here. He's not really rooting this guy out. Our outside backer is going to push him almost on the back of the quarterback if our D lineman doesn't get him here. But we, we know from film study, you know, this is where it's at. And I think, you know, you get these pistol th looks on pass downs. We're third and 13 here. Like, just, just bring your favorite pressure. And you're probably going to get a good chance here that you're going to get one guy not doing a really good job in the pro. And that back, you're going to get five-man pressure. So can you win one-on-one -on -one somewhere, five versus five? But that tailback's not getting there. Similar pressure that we showed the last one. Hey, we get we get a run through here. Hey. Back doesn't block anybody. And again here, third and 19. I, I think they're going to run zone here. I think they're going to try to get the ball out. Uh, so we're going to bring cross dog. But I think this is this is an example here. Like this back doesn't get involved in really in anything. He, hey, this is a good looking kid. This is a good running back. He runs the ball really hard, right? but he doesn't really take the edge. He doesn't take the one up the middle. Right? Our coverage could be better because we think we're going to get run run here, uh, but we get a run through here. But, and I think it's a good example of you know you get a pistol on a pass down. Let, let's get after it. That back, you know, if he flares, do you have a plan? But he's probably not going to do a real good job from that position to get into a, a man pro scheme. Pistol here again. We're just going to run a comfortable pressure for us. Right, we get run through, you know, second and eight. We feel like there's a pass down for this team. We get the guard chasing the long stick, backer behind. We're in good shape. You know, and then, then having these pressures. And, and here we get, you know, this is first down. This is pistol. We're running run pressure here. This is our cross dog. Uh, but, you know, Thinking about it as a defensive coordinator, we got a freshman back here. He's a really good looking kid. Right, my mindset right now is first down, it's negative territory. Right, we got a freshman back in. Uh, if he runs the ball, we're going to smack him and let him know this is probably for the conference championship game. Right, and if it is pass here, there's no way this freshman kid is picking up double A gap pressure. 
not going to do it. Great looking kid, probably be a really good back. He doesn't block anybody. We get through, force the quarterback to the left, which we like, pick the ball off. And the other thing is we're going to look at, you know, building our menu throughout the week. We're going to look at third down. And we get to, um, you know, what are they going to do on third down? And we'll build, and I think everybody's got to do this. If you're DC, you got to do this. Where, figure out where their pass point is, where they're going to stop throwing, where they're going to start throwing, and then figure out what do you like for coverage and what do you like for pressures. So here's some of the questions we start to ask each other. We start to figure out, we start to write down and figure out, how are we going to attack this team and build our pressure menu? Okay. Are they going to throw the sticks? It's third and six. Will they throw hitches? Will they throw access and take that ball? we got to have some main answers. can't sit there in zone if every time they get to third and six okay, and they just throw a hitch. we got to have some. Even if we want to be a two-high zone team, we got to have the ability to play some man. Okay. Are they a trips passing team? What are we going to do? Okay, we just went through all those trips things. How are we going to attack? Are we going to flood zones? Or are we going to attack the back? You know, and then the other thing, we th can we ID the pro from film? And sometimes you can't. Um, high school kids don't do what they're supposed to. And then sometimes you play a new opponent or you haven't played them much in the playoffs. Uh, what we like to do, and we'll talk about in the third down package, is we like to bring A-gap pressure early. And so what that lets us do is that will help us ID what their pass pro is. If they pick up double A-gap pressure, they come down, they, they, they zone it across, they slide it across. We don't need to bring that pressure anymore. Now we got to bring edge pressure. Um, if they don't pick it up, then we're going to keep bringing some form of A-gap pressure. And we've got a couple different tools that we do, uh, um, that we have to do that. All right, so, but to do that, you've got to be willing to bring six, you've got to be willing to bring seven. So we'd like to do that early. Um, and if we can hit it, like, we'll keep doing it. Can we talk you out of it? If it's third and medium to long, what do they do? Do they throw screens? You know, and sometimes this is an area where, where I, I like to play some man. Can you talk them out of throwing some wide receiver screens on those third and long downs because you'll play some man in that situation? Do you have some cover one or cover two that uh, two man that, you, that you're comfortable playing? Um, and then you got to figure out what kind of screens are they? Are they, um, you know, if it is those wide receiver screens, do you need to flood the coverage? Are they going to give you a tip off which way is this going to go? Um, and if you're going to bring pressure, how, how do you account for the tailback? Do you have some kind of peel pressure or you have rules that you're going to take care of that back so he doesn't get loose on the tailback screens right off their pro? And then lastly, third and really long, like what, do you, what are you going to do? Do you have some things? We've got drop eight things that, that we like. And then the last couple years, um, we've got some three safety things that we like uh, that we can feel like we can bring some pressure and play really good coverage out of. And then we'll occasionally play some two-man. Um, but these are certain, really situational. And I think it's easy to install two-man. That's something we work on every, and we only work on it on Thursday. We do it for five minutes. Um, you know, if it's, if it's one of those situations you get an OC who's going to try to throw himself out of third down in every scenario, can we match personnel? Can we get some fast kids? This is a good time to play some of your sophomores that are they're good players, not right ready. They're just going to go in and play cat coverage. It's recess, go cover that guy for a down um, and play and, and we don't spend a ton of time on it. Uh, but it's, it's been helpful in the end of the game, in the end of the second quarter sometimes. Last thing I want to do is, is just go through a series. So we talked about that, that hitters count and then 
you know, thinking about some, and we got a series here where a few of these different things I talked about come into play. So we're, we're, we're third quarter, we're up, it's late in the third quarter. It's not quite the fourth quarter, but it's close enough. It's first down, ball's on, you know, it looks like the eight or nine yard line. Uh, they're in negative territory. We're gonna bring our, our six man pressure. We're gonna bring our cross dog action. Uh, and I started off with this one. Uh, and we're gonna hit these guys for a negative. So next play, we got second and nine here. I'm going to bring pressure again. And, and, and we get one that that's, they sprint away from. We bring it from the boundary. Our outside linebacker to the field doesn't do a great job. Uh, we're a little bit worried, I think, about the, the quarterback who's a good runner. You know, we're probably in good shape. If he does a better job, he needs to work to 10 to the curl. And you can see this cat sitting in the curl. And then to the flat, but he's got his eyes on the quarterback, and that's probably my fault. And we're worried about this big quarterback running around. So they hit a big play on us. So we hit them for a big play. They hit us for a big play. Right, what's, what are we going to do? So now right, we go back. It's the next first down. And we talked about this. Don't be scared if you miss. Right? Don't be scared if you give up a big play. What do we got to do? We got to go create a negative again. So we're still in the really in the same scenario. We're first down. We're backed up. It's late in the third quarter, almost fourth quarter. We're going to bring our other six-man pressure. We're going to pressure them again. So we're going to go one, two, three here. We just gave up a big play. So what do we talk about? Change the data. Let's go hit a negative here. So how do you do that? Do you have home run hitters in your count? Okay, we got it right here. Six-man pressure. Safety does a fantastic job. He's going to hold it here. He sits at 10. Going to come down to the curl late. He's just going to squat. Look at his eyes. He's standing right at the quarterback. Pressure on the quarterback's face, and he's just going to go get this ball. Right? And this is ball game. We beat our rival, right? and now it's right, the floodgates are open. So hope you liked what you heard. We're going to do some other ones. Uh, appreciate you coming by. We're going to talk about how get a little more specific with our first down pressures, and we're going to also get more specific with how do we how do we uh, you know run those third down pressures and third down sims, and we'll finish up with some some three safety looks as well. Uh, appreciate Chief Pigskin for having me. Uh, go create some negatives.